This Pit Boss Podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Molly's Place Sporting Goods. Easily found on Route 213 in Kennedyville on Maryland's Upper Eastern Shore. The hard-to-find guns, the ammunition that's non-existent today, Molly's has you covered. Plus, much, much more. Molly's is your one-stop destination with Molly's Restaurant, Molly's Mart, and Molly's Place Sporting Goods. Visit them online at mymollys.com. M-Y-M-O-L-L-Y-S.com. Fuel your adventure at Molly's. Five, four, three, two, one. Quiet on the set. Quiet on the set. A very happy, hmm. seriously, I have to think a second. It's a very happy Thursday afternoon. Yes, it is Thursday. Oh. January 25th, it is podcast number eight. And it's the same setup as podcast 27, which I'm not drinking Diet Mountain Dew. I'm partaking in a little Crown Black. Mm. With only the best IPIA. What did I just say? IPIA. Ice. There we go. Uh, I'm going to slow down a second just so I can truly not be tongue-tied and try to be as articulate as possible. All right. Rewind real quick. Podcast number 27. I got tongue-lashed. Critique, definitely. And I'll say tongue-lashed by Karen. And she's not here, so. I'm sure she would tell you her exact thoughts. But she said, basically, podcast number 27 was a commercial. I I thought that telling you that MyMollies.com has 50% off all clothing and footwear, including waders, was like a positive thing, public service kind of an announcement. And she told me it's just a f- flat-out commercial. So I apologize to you for that if you found it to be a commercial. So I'm trying. You can hear my notes. I'm going to try to be very, very, um, <laughs> I'm never organized, but I'm going to try to keep all this down. I wrote, I wrote out some notes just to try to help me navigate my thoughts in this subject, this topic, this man, the man, the myth, and the legend is what he was to me. Um, and I just want to, I want to make sure that not that I don't remember the timeline, but that I was able to... Man, I, I go off on tangents. I was just got off the phone with uh, Damian Pittman, Punisher Waterfowl podcast, just talking. And I go off on these tangents like crazy, man. So I wrote these notes just to help me... Again, I, I remember history very clearly, but I wrote these notes just to really try to help keep me keep me dialed in. Gee, City, Gee, what's up? He's texting me right now. Um... Donald Hughes, Mr. Donald Hughes, Donald Hughes, the man, the myth, and the legend is what I will refer to him by because if I did not meet Donald Hughes in 1995, looking at my notes just to make sure because 93, 94, 95, 96 are all, no, they're not close together, but they're, they're very close, they're very close together. Oh, El Jefe. 
El Jefe, what's up? What you doing? All right, all right, all right. So I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining. This is the, the I won't say trials and tribulations, but this is what it is when you're like a one-man show. Things are just always, <laughs> always in motion, and you're always going, going, going. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, phone's still going off. I should probably just put it on silent. But I hope... I hope if I hope that you have someone in your life much like my good friends at Molly's because man I I just hung up the phone and I am as I like to tell Karen it's flowing through me and and it's February I'm highly motivated I highly motivated and I'm highly motivated so uh, let me uh let, let me let me let me regroup in here Donald Hughes the man with I will slow down. That way I can speak clearly and you will understand me. Donald Hughes, the man, the myth, and the legend. I met him in 1995. I need to rewind just a little bit into the 1993-94 season when, this I talked about this the other day, the snow goose limit was only four birds. And I was going into Delaware. Delaware had, I got a full season license in Delaware. Being a Maryland resident, I believe it was only about $80. Very reasonable. And I would go into Bombay Hook Wildlife Refuge. Get out Google and Google Maps and just type in bomb, B-O-B-B-O-M-B-B-A-Y, Hook, H-O-O-K, National Wildlife Refuge. And it's just to the northeast of Dover, Delaware, right on Delaware Bay. And it it still is today, but, I mean, it was – the magnet for snow geese when they first came down. October 4th, I can recall the date clearly. October 4th, there was an estimated 150,000 snow geese in there. The snow geese limit was four birds. I went in there with a canoe. I believe I'm, I'm, it was more than 12 floaters. I'll say I had 24 floaters, and I shot my four snow geese fairly easy. Decoying snow geese sitting in a canoe, and they decoyed very, very nice. My phone. Sorry. Um, so, did that for quite a while, and I, I honestly, the tide in there is nasty. The mud is nasty. The tide is extreme. Eight to me, it's extreme. Eight to ten feet. Maryland, you know, is a fraction of that tide. And I, driving into the refuge, especially driving out of the refuge, I'd I'd ride past all these all these blinds, all these pits, all these rigs that were set up, and I thought, man, I I would love. I am gonna. I am gonna silence sorry about that i am going to still didn't silence it wait a second there we go i would love to hunt one of these fields so i believe it was in wildfire magazine that i found actually found a club that was right there um just outside of the refuge and i joined that so stopped me going in from the refuge but still afforded me to do snow geese um the limit went to five and i believe i was still in the club when the limit was eight Possibly not. Definitely when it was five. When it was eight, I may have moved on. But in between all this, there's this was this mystical thing to me out there. It was called the internet. Which I had I didn't understand it. I had it was like mind boggling to me. What is what is this internet thing? What's this WWW thing? What's this world wide web thing? And again, you gotta remember this is in, you know, the mid early to mid nineties. 
And I got on a computer. I didn't have a computer. I got on a computer that had access to the internet, and I used the Ultra Vista search engine, which would be like Google. Somebody older may remember Alta Vista, and I happened to type in. I just I didn't really understand it still, and you're like, oh, you just type stuff in, and it like finds stuff for you. And I still it was kind of a a big mystery, uh, much like the Wizard of Oz, who's behind the curtain kind of thing, but. Typed in Maryland and Delaware, Maryland waterfowl hunting, Delaware waterfowl hunting, because I wanted to see what was around. You know, I was doing public land hunting all the time. And and all of a sudden, this web page popped up, Donald's Daily Deeds. Donald Hughes from Herlock, Maryland. Donald's Daily Deeds. And, I mean, I'm, I'm really going to struggle to really stay on on topic and on task here, not, not go off on a tangent. But at, at the very least, Donald was... I, again, I didn't know the internet, so maybe there was other. Obviously, there had to be other people doing this. But in nineteen, in the early to mid nineties, Donald was doing a daily blog where you could sign up, put your email address in, and you'd, you'd basically get his his hunting report every day. And his hunting reports that he emailed to you daily, actually, uh, he he had on his webpage, which you could just scroll down through. So starting September 1st, when he was hunting early resident Canada geese, till back then there was no conservation season, and snow geese was mar- open till March 10th or March 15th. I'm going to say March 10th. March 10th, snow geese was open. So unless it was raining, Donald did not like rain. Unless it was raining, Donald hunted every day, six days a week in Maryland or Delaware. And on his webpage, he had it set up. Little map, and he showed you basically where where his where his fields were, where his hunting was. So when he referred to uh, hard scrabble, or he referred to um, home of the brave, or referred to secretary cabin creek, um, what else? What else would have been there? Uh, Taylor's Island. Um, you you saw the map, and and you kind of learned real quick. Like when he said he was one of these places, you kind of geographically you knew where he was. So he was a visionary, a visionary, if, if I mispronounced that the, the first time, visionary. At least to me he was. And, and he, Donald taught me the Internet. I met, him on, I met him online, basically, because I found his webpage and I emailed him. I, I can't, honestly, I cannot remember what I emailed him, but I emailed him something and he replied. And I think that... Uh, before I knew about Bombay Hook, that's where Donald hunted when he was physically able to hunt there. And current day when I met him, he was not physically able. So basically, he loves he loves snow goose hunting. He shot an old single ten shotgun, you know, break action single single barrel ten gauge, and he was deadly with it. He reloaded his own shells. And he loved shooting snow geese. Loved shooting geese, period. But definitely snow geese. And he was not able to get in Bombay Hook. So when I told him, hey, you know, hey, I'm, in, I'm I go in Bombay Hook, blah blah blah. I have a boat. I have the, have a blind. At, at this time, from the from the uh, things, with me, things often uh, escalate quickly. Very, uh, I'm like, you know, full throttle, or I'm not doing it kind of thing. So all of a sudden, from a canoe, now I'm in the boat. wasn't huge, but for current day but for then it was it was 18 foot john boat 
had a pop-up uh, Avery Blind. I think uh, I think I said this on episode 27 that the um, it was the number three. Tom Matthews told me number three pop-up blind that Avery sold. And I remember I had to get the special Go, De- Go Devil bracket in the back so that the blind, um, you know, everything fit nicely with the Go Devil, not the outboard. Um, and, and so as soon as Donald knew that he could get into Bombay Hook with me, basically he just said, hey, man, if you take me into Bombay Hook, you have access to any of my hunting. And I met him in July, and we rode around. He showed me all, all his hunting spots, everything that he had. And I said, yeah, man, let's. I'll, I'll be happy to take you to the Bombay Hook. I love going to that place. And um, so that, that, was, that was basically how the relationship formed. And again, I, I'm telling you, if I did not meet Donald Hughes in 1995, I would you wouldn't be listening to me right now. I I I know in my heart of hearts that that would be true. I know you can never never say always and never, but um, I truly do believe that. So, one second. Mm. So yeah, he taught me the internet. I want to try to make sure I keep my thoughts together here. But basically, he explained to me that the Internet, at a later date, he explained to me that the Internet is what I needed to know and needed to learn. I'm not a good, obviously, I can't speak, right, because I'm tongue-tied. And I was, I've always been like that. But I seem to be halfway decent at taking a picture. So way back in the day with film, you didn't just like, well, on our phones, obviously, it's there and you post it up, right? So but way back in the day with film, you know, two day was fast. One day was like crazy fast to get it developed. So you get your pictures developed. So now you got this picture. What are you going to do with it? He was very kind to explain to me that now we need to scan this picture. So we scan it. So now it's a file. It's a digital file. It's on the computer. What do we do with it? Well, now we need to load it to a server. Well, how do I do that? Oh, you use a thing called FTP. Like what? Yeah, FTP. It flips it flips it from your, I, don't, I can't remember what FTP stands for, but it flips it from your computer to a server. Well, what's a server? Well, a server is where it's parked on the internet. So it's going to have the, you know, whatever the address is. Your picture, your picture name is going to be on the end of it, but you're going to have your address. So here's, once we get it on the server, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www dot, I believe, Netscape at the time is where I parked all my pictures. Netscape.com and a bunch of numbers and maybe my name was in it and you know forward slash and what I called the picture, what I named it dot com. No, dot jp no dot com dot dot com, yes. And so well how do I post that on the internet, Donald? Well you use a thing called HTML code. What's that? So he explained to me HTML code and I, I I, I didn't really understand it. All I knew is that this is the, this is what I needed to type to get my parked, uploaded picture onto a forum. Again, back in the day, there wasn't this little photo icon that you hit it and you, you know, your picture from your from your iPhone automatically uploaded to the to whatever forum you're on, Instagram, Facebook, uh, forums, whatever. It didn't do that. So you needed to know HTML code. So I learned that. I wrote stuff down. I am halfway good at taking notes, especially on note cards. And again, he just really stressed to me that he said, this is the deal. To to evolve and to grow, 
you're going to need to use the internet to promote yourself, which is a good thing. That's how you're going to grow. The negative side of this is when you do post this up, you're going to attract an audience and you're going to attract attention. And some of these people are going to want to do what you do. So you're going to be drawing attention to yourself. You're going to be drawing attention to what you do, specifically sea duck hunting. And you're going to have other people that are going to want to do that too. Whether they're doing it for fun or try to guide, they're going to want to want to, want to jump on and do it too. So he did warn me about that. But he said, in his opinion overall, the plus side was what's much more beneficial than the negative side. So so I was, I was all about that. Now, in my notes here, he, I, I kind of, what did, what did Donald like to do? He, he, sea duck hunt, he loved his, he loved to, loved to hunt. Sea duck hunts, you know, sea ducks, diver, um, diver ducks, puddle ducks, geese, snow geese, you know, pretty much everything there was to hunt. We even shot some crows together. So Donald was all about the sport of what we do, which I truly appreciated. Um, Patricia, his wife actually told me, hey, Donald had three daughters and she did tell me in amongst all this, um, especially after he passed away, that, you know, he kind of looked at me as like the son that he never had. And in my life, uh, early, early marriage, I just had turned 23, got married and was married for seven years. There was a family business and it was very, very drawn out. I think it took me two years to actually get divorced, but it was kind of like I was getting divorced from my father-in-law financially from a business standpoint versus uh, my daughter's mother, my ex-wife. And it, it just happened to be a good timing where I had a lot of time to do what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I loved hanging out with Donald. I loved learning from him. Uh, he, he, was a, he was a man that like basically lived off the land from, oh, yeah, so lived off the land. What was he? flip my paper over i have who was donald donald he was in the u.s coast guard for many many years um and through the late 60s i guess he was and he told me a story one time where i think it was his the master sergeant came into him and his buddy and the vietnam war slash conflict was going on and he says i need to one of you guys need to go and they drew straws. I don't know who, if you want to say who won or who lost, but basically Donald stayed here and his buddy went, and he said a week later his buddy was dead. So Donald told me he always kind of had a little conscience about his stint in the U.S. Coast Guard as far as uh, Vietnam went. Um, but, you know, he's able to travel. Uh, they were stationed in Kodiak Island, Alaska, for quite a while, and he, he, he learned very quickly having three daughters is – that's not uh, that's not a, that's not a place <laughs> that he wanted to raise three daughters. So, moved back to Maryland. Uh, was a waterman, and then he was an insurance salesman, and then he found out that he could make more money and enjoyed being a waterman much more. Um, kind of his in, on Taylor's Island, he started Taylor's Island Seafood, and uh, did very well with soft shell crabs. He says he, I can remember him telling me he was paying a dime for a soft shell crab from from crabbers and like. Like they weren't, you know, people weren't paying him anything for him. So when he when he was paying a dime, he's like every crabber that had soft shells, had peelers, excuse me, not soft shells, had the peeler that will become the soft shell was bringing him crabs, soft uh, peelers. And he would, he would shed them. It's a 24 hour process. His whole family was involved with it. And then he would load his truck up, 
head to Lewes, Delaware, take the ferry across to Cape May, New Jersey, and then drive on up to Atlantic City, New Jersey. We take his week's worth of soft shells and sell them. He was a big-time snapping turtle trapper. Trapped him live, and a couple times, actually, I, I did go with him. I remember grabbing a, a small a small water turtle uh, for Molly, my daughter, and taking it to her. Um, but And the same kind of thing. Donald had a little Ford Ranger, and he would load that thing up with 500 pounds of snapping turtle and take and take them up and, and sell them live uh, to Atlantic City. So and he also was a taxidermist. And in my relationship with him, I met a lot of people, but probably the, the name and the person that stands out the most would be um, Mr. Bill DeGeorge from just outside Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I should know his town. It's not popping into my mind right this minute. But right outside of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. There's a little story about the first time I met Bill there, which let me flip my paper back over that I may I may jump into it right now. Uh, but yes, Donald Hughes, man, I, I, I can't, I'd be lying to you if I tell you that I think about him daily, but there's many things right in this room, kind of the, our living, our larger dining room, living room, it's one big room. I have a couple, uh, Brian Vavra as <laughs> that's a joke, like Brett Favre, Vavra, Favre, how you say it? Brian Vavra from, uh, Orlando, Florida has, he's a man, he's more than a talented painter. I got, a, I can see two of them right now. Did basically um, both of these both these paintings coot is in them and, and donald is in one of them so um yeah i mean I, I i think of donald many many times a week if i said daily probably would be lying a little bit i'd be stretching the truth a little bit oh my goodness brian vavra's calling what hold on a second this is crazy hey man what's going on What's up, brother? You, I'm, I'm doing a podcast, and you. I just said your name, and then there's two of your, two of your paintings are here, and I, I, I lightning strike me the second, man. I just said your name. <laughs> That's weird. That is. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit, let me hit the stop button. <laughs> how crazy is that i mentioned the man's name and the phone we well, didn't hear it ring but his name popped up on my phone so <laughs> some new t-shirts sweatshirts are in the works so let me let me rewind i think i was going to talk about my first meeting with with bill to george so july maybe even to august you know meet donald we hang out some he shows me everything. I think we did some crabbing together, and he's telling me about, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hunt September first. I got a good spot for Canada geese, so come on down. I got a, a friend, Bill DeGeorge, is coming down from. I'll remember the name. It starts with an F. Fairview, Fairview, Pennsylvania. Anyway, it's right outside. I should get my phone. I'm not gonna touch my phone, but it's right outside Gettysburg. So. I think it's September 1st they went. I, I can't remember why I couldn't get there, but I couldn't get there. So I'm there September 2nd. We meet in the dark, meet Bill, and Donald said, hey, you guys go on out and you know get set up. D- Donald already had the decoys out, a little kind of a water spread a pond that had some sandbars in it. Uh, Donald, again, I, I mentioned that Donald was a taxidermist. He loved to make what he called them mounts, M-O-U-N-T-S. Uh, basically, you know, Canada geese that he did – taxidermy decoys 
if you will. Some people call them stuffers. Donald call, like to call them mounts. So I'm going to call them mounts. It's all set up. And he says, when you get out there, he says, there may be some geese there, so just be prepared. I'm like, okay. You know, and Bill and I go walk out. And Bill was there the day before, so I have no idea where we're going. It was a short walk, maybe 150 yards kind of thing. Get in the blind, and, and I just, I remember being kind of like sat in the middle, and eventually Donald Donald made his way out. And Bill and I were sitting there. We're ready to go. And Donald sits down, and he says, why didn't somebody shoot that goose there? I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, there, there was a goose out there sleeping. It was kind of like paddling around. And uh, they're like, Jeff, shoot it, shoot it, Jeff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just sitting there. I, I kind of, if you watch any of my sea duck videos, you see birds getting shot on the water all the time. Um, you know, I, I just, I was, I was very hesitant about shooting it on the water. You can say what you want, but that's the truth. I'm in the middle. And by the time truly that like they had convinced me, shoot the thing, Jeff. Well, now I've, it's lined up with two decoys and I felt like, you know, I was going to shoot one of his, his mounted birds. So Bill shot it on the end. Guess what? It's got a band on it. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> I missed a band. Um, years and years and years later, sadly, when Bill, actually, we, I think Donald and I, at least in the area, Donald and I took him on his last hunt. He had went to Tennessee, as I recall, real foot. And basically, once he got home from real foot, um, he was not with us anymore. His wife, through friend, help of friends, put a big list together of all his all his gear and uh, equipment. And um, I used to love the old SP10, Remington SP10 shotgun. I wanted to get his shotgun. I bought a bunch of plastic decoys. And I told her, I said, you know, I, there was the first time I ever met Bill. I said, if you ever come across this band, I, I would love to have that band. So it would, it would mean a lot to me. And um, so it took her a little while, but she, she eventually she found that band and actually had the certificate with it also. So I, I do have that band today. But that's my September 1996, September 2nd, 1996, uh, Bill to George story, first time that I met, met Bill. So, And the first time actually, you know, gunning with Donald. So my notes, I'm trying to, again, be very organized. Try not to make this a commercial so Karen won't say anything to me about it. I would say in 1998, I'm going to say is the year, maybe 97, but definitely 98, the old club at Bombay Hook, Kevin Fox, would rent pits. Bill to George, now we're, you know, we've hunted together quite a bit now, enjoyed each other's company, got along very well. Oh, I got to rewind, I got to rewind. So the very first, the very first time hunting with, with Bill and, and Donald, it was slow. And much like, you know, September Canada geese can be. Bill went out back and I start hearing like some no- like some metal noise and stuff. I'm like, what is what is what is going on here? Bill breaks out a stove and starts cooking. So I, I'm gonna give Bill to George credit for any of my cooking in the boat, any of my cooking that I've done in over the years, which I could tell some stories about uh you know, guiding snow geese in a field, like laying out a field that I would take a, a, a stove along with us, with me. Um, I, I, I credit I credit Bill with that, so. Gam, what's going on over there? Okay. If, if you can hear some noise in the background, my mother's, she's doing dishes. That you Please, have at it. 
just want to let everybody know if there's some noise in the background, that's what's going on. No, please. I don't want to, I don't want to slow you down. I know you have many important things to do still today. She's kind of got a funny smirk on her face. I think. What are you cooking for dinner? You're not going to have subs from Molly's. No, they're not soggy. Oh my goodness. All right. So that's the noise in the background. So I do credit Bill to George with truly the first time probably that, that ever had, had breakfast cooked while waterfowl hunting. So Bill, thank you very much. Cause to this day, I try to carry that tradition on. Um, so yeah, it would have been in 1997, 98 from Kevin Fox. Bill DeGeorge said he wanted to go snow goose hunting. He's never been snow goose hunting before. I know I'm, I'm starting to talk about Bill, but this is going to re, rewind or not rewind, but it's going to kind of go sideways back with Donald because Donald's involved here. So Bill says, don't worry about it. I'll rent the pit. I'll pay for the pit. I had all the decoys. I think I had a, a good 800 or so uh, carry light decoys. So he has to kind of come past me to get to Delaware anyway. So I remember him showing up in the backyard. We loaded the decoys up and we head off to just outside Bombay hook. I had, I can't remember a hundred percent if Greg Jacob was with us or not. He could have been. And I believe that Donald brought Eddie. So I, it was definitely four of us, if not five. It was, we were in a dirt field. The field had just been plowed over. The pit was nice, but the field was just plowed over. And we set up the decoys. It was a windy morning. And generally and typically when they fly out of the refuge, they, they go inland. So if you if you had a four-bird, five-bird, eight-bird shoot all morning long for the pit, that was a great morning. We shot 35 decoying snow geese at this pit in the morning. Had lunch, jumped back in the pit in the afternoon, and I think we we finished out at forty two snow geese. And Bill thought this is this is this is awesome, which it was an awesome hunt. And again, you got to remember this is in like ninety seven, ninety eight, so the limit would have been it was five or eight. So we didn't shoot a limit. It must have been eight birds. It would have been five, eight, forty. Mm-hmm. My mind is sketchy, foggy on that one. But I do know we shot 42 birds. And Bill was like, this is great, man. He's like, let's do this again tomorrow. I'll I'll rent the pit. And like Donald, like, man, this this was like the worst first snow goose for you ever because it's never like this. Again, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight birds would have been a great morning. So we had a stellar morning with with uh, a stellar day with what we shot. And we did go back the next day <laughs> like and shot five. And Bill was like, what's wrong? Why are, Why isn't it like yesterday? Because yesterday was a freak, man. It was I can remember it being warm, but it was just windy. The wind was right and, and it was it was on. But what came out of that those two days, Donald Hughes plants the seed in my mind that I he's like, Man, you you should guide. He said he says, You got it down, man. Like I feel like I'm on a guided hunt with you, Jeff. Like you you, you need to start guiding. I was like, oh, I don't know, and I don't know, and you know, that little bit of indecision and you know. Not that it's a big step, but I guess it could be considered to be a big step. But that was um, Donald Hughes. I, I credit him with 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 guiding. So that was that was that happened. Probably would have been the late October, ninety seven or ninety eight. So 
awesome, awesome memories with Donald Hughes. And again, if I did not meet the man in 1995, I would not be sitting here talking to you. You would not know who I am, and I would not be guiding snow geese. I would not be Pitboss Waterfowl. He also showed me how to make my first webpage as things progressed. So, Donald Hughes, thank you, sir. I think of you often and often and often. So, this is a, this is a topic of... I've been wanting to talk about it for a long time. I thought of, you know, talk to Karen about this. I wanted to maybe, I do have some video. I have a lot of pictures. I don't have much video of them, but I thought maybe like I wanted to do more of like a YouTube type um, remembrance, if you will, I guess, of him. And I, I just haven't done that. And this is, um, you know, I've wanted to do this for a long time. So I've talked to people, little parts and pieces on different other podcasts and, and, you know, even Chickie Molly's he knows he knows who Donald Hughes is because I, I say the man's name often and often. So, uh, sadly, Donald passed away November seventeenth of two thousand four. That was the uh, the year I'd gotten the first Banks twenty one. He did he did get to see that boat. Uh, we were we were shooting sea ducks kind of in the same area. I was guiding at the time, and he was still doing it for fun. Um, so he did get to see the boat that that year. And uh, it was a 107-day season, so I would have probably started like October 14th, 15th. So, almost, you know, almost a good good four weeks' worth. And uh, Donald and his wife, Patricia, were headed to uh, Trails End, just outside Chincoteague, Virginia. And in Pocomoke City, sadly, stopped for a sandwich. And Pat brought him brought the sandwiches back, and he fell over in the chair. And that was, that was it. So, Donald Hughes, man, I miss you. I think about you often. And... Um, Salute. Yes. So, and and Builder George, same with you, man. I do uh, the other other painting that uh, Brian did for me. Uh, you're on that one. So, definitely Donald Hughes, Builder George. Um, both of those men taught me taught me a lot. So, Donald always said he was full of useless knowledge, and I like to think that. I always appreciated, enjoyed, and tried to learn from his use, useless knowledge. So, hope that was entertaining. I hope Karen will tell me that that was not an ad, a commercial. So, yeah, that was podcast number 28. I appreciate listening and following along. Thank you very much. More to come, more to follow. <laughs> Gotta be against the law to look this damn good. Cause baby, I feel real good and I wish I would. It's gotta be against the law to look this damn good. Everybody, watch out. Watch out now. I'm ready for a good time and I can't.